Jeff, have you ever caught a 26-inch bass? No, I have not. I've, have you ever I, I, got 113 inches on a tournament? Never. Would you no, like to hear no. that story? I, I've, never, I've never had a bag that would probably weigh that. <laughs> so, just so you know. Uh, my, in a kayak, I think 24 inches is the biggest fish I've caught in a kayak, and that was scouting for a tournament, and that was one of the oddest things because it was the only fish I caught that day. <laughs> well, we'll go right into an intro here, and we'll be right back with Jeff Winston from Southern Pond Fishing and Ricky Ju You know, I should have said Ricky how to pronounce his last name. I'll get to that. Boys and girls, it is Bass Kayak and Beers time here at The Real Life. Uh, we got Jeff Winston, host of the Southern Punch podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Jeff, thank you so much. We met at Lake Cotto. Have you fished yeah. since Lake Cotto? Uh, I've fished a little bit since then, but uh, you know, like I was telling you before, I was on, I, I've never fished that place in the kayak. I'd only fished it in a boat, but a beautiful place to fish. Good time of the year. I wish the weather had been a little more cooperative for my game plans. What was your game plan on that, by the uh, way? My game plan was to, uh, to to beat up the trees, but, <laughs> well, it turned out I was going to beat the trees up out in the deeper water. But on Sunday, I, I decided to move in a lot more, and uh, I caught fish. I just could not get that fifth fish, and they were just smaller fish. And it turned out that the bigger fish were out there in the deeper water. But me, I was trying to get out of the wind. I was tired of fighting it. But uh, yeah. that and well, uh, you... I, I was basically pushing that uh, the wacky rig, and uh, which I'm not a big fan of anyway. Yeah, I'm more into punching and, and flipping. But uh, I, I kept that in my hands all day. I caught fish. I just didn't get the, the inches I was looking for. And uh, I should have recognized with the water – water with the wind and the change of the weather that I probably should have been looking for a, a reaction bite. And I just didn't, it just didn't dawn on me till it was too late. Yeah, it was, it was a great tournament, a great time. And uh, by the way, for those out there listening, if and watching on the live show, feel free to share it. Um, I am sharing it on the Texas kayak bass league only because we're going to be interviewing Ricky um, so I hope it's okay with uh, the guys here, Texas Kayak Basley, Chris Morales, and uh, Christopher Delgado. If not, please delete. But feel free to share it, guys. If you're watching, listening, leave me in the comments. Let me know where you are listening from. And if you happen to be uh, listening on our MP3 format on on Monday, I think the show airs, and it's going to be on every podcast for me platform please feel free to uh, give us your five-star reviews. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, does help out. So we got to have a great episode for you guys. I mean, Jeff Winston, great dude. I met at Cotto. We're going to talk a little bit about Southern Punch Podcast, and then we're going to bring Ricky in, which the star of the show, really, the guy who stole the show this weekend with a 113-inch back limit. I, I still amaze at that. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-six inch kicker. That's yeah. an amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, it's that dream fish we all look for. You know. Yeah. 
But, uh, dream Fish, Dream Tournament, for real. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll give you a quick rundown of my, uh, my podcast. Uh, it's, it's Southern Punch. It's on all social media. The second season will come out next week. Uh, it started off with me just looking to, to promote my Southern Punch and promote the local fishing out of Louisiana. I'm, I'm basically out of Louisiana, South Louisiana. And uh, shows kind of go over, the first season kind of goes over some of the tournament guys that travel. You know, I'm going to add kayak stuff into it as I go. But it's just basically just mainly bass fishing. Uh, we do have a couple episodes where me and my friends talk about wrecking boats and tearing our equipment up. And, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, Southern Punch is also uh, a brand of my tungsten fishing weights. And uh, my logo on the website, nice. logo like that, if I turn it right. And uh, sell hats and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's been fun. I'm you know that's how we met. Talk about the podcast, and uh, it's a fun thing to do. I'm looking forward to adding some more kayak stuff in it. Uh, getting some of my kayak friends and involved in it. But it, it, we cover everything. I mean, we even talk about the fundraisers and and the things that that people don't realize that fishermen get involved in. Uh, we do a big thing for the Wounded Warriors. Actually, next month I'll be at Toledo Bend taking uh, guys from the Wounded Warriors fishing, which is, it's a great opportunity. It's, you know, it's giving back. And that's what, you know, when we get to a certain point in our life, it's good to do that, to just give back some. If anybody wants to get involved and help out with that, the Wounded uh, Warriors projects, I know I've heard a lot about it. Where can people find out more information? Who can they contact if they want to help out, maybe donate rods or, um, you know, in, uh, be one of those, like, you know, guides that take out uh, some of our, you know, heroes on the water. Right. Uh, the easiest way to, uh, for me to get you involved is, is basically uh, get you to email me at Jeff Winston at southernpunch.net. Uh, and uh, I can get you hooked up in, with the guys out of Texas. I don't know a whole lot of people out of Texas, the Louisiana guys. I know a few, but uh, like one of the fishing clubs I'm in, the West Side Bassmasters, we have a, a, a July tournament where we put on for the Wounded Warriors. And if you're a vet, you fish for free. We're trying to set up a kayak event for that too, but this one's out of boats. Uh, Veterans fish for free. Last year we raised fifty thousand dollars, and that's what helps. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's what helps. You know, me going to Toledo Bend and stuff. They're gonna bring in the guys from all different states to come over there. That's that's what the money goes to. So uh, I can get you involved in that. I mean, we're always looking for sponsors for that. It's a great turnout, especially if you come and fish it. Because everybody gets up. We get enough stuff donated with raffles and giveaways. Everybody has a good time. Everybody gets something. The the guys from the Wounded Warriors, they're great. It's 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 just like I get the chills every time I think about it. I've been doing it for years, the last two or three years. It's just a great event. I mean, it, it is great cause and everybody has fun. What have been most one of the most touching, you know, feedbacks you gotten from people that have either taken part or benefit from, you know, from being part of it? Well, well, for me, you know, when you're sitting in a boat and, and you got a, uh, I'll back up on uh, another guy I met. This poor guy got blown up, not once, but twice. He has so much stress in his life and everything else. And, and he talks about it. And he's so humble, but you look at this, this, you know, man, I call him young man, a few years younger than me. And just listen to his stories. You, you, you don't, 
you don't realize how how thankful your life is until you listen yeah. to their stories and realize they did that, you know, protecting our country. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll end up crying when you start talking about some of these guys. You know, it's it's a real emotional experience. And it's amazing how these guys, you know, we all want to win. Yeah, we go fishing tournaments. We want to win. We want to win. These guys, they want to win and all that. But when they're out there in nature, <clears throat> they're relaxed. You know, it's you got some of these guys getting phone calls every few hours from their sponsor, checking on, make sure they're still breathing. You know, so, I mean, it's it's a big deal. You don't realize it till you sit down with some of these guys and talk. And, uh, you know, like the uh, Toledo Bend trip this first time, get to make that trip. And uh, it's, it's going to be, from what I hear, one of the most amazing things I'll ever get to do. That's that's amazing, Jeff, and props to you for what you're doing. And there you go. If you want to help out, uh, you got the info. Uh, before we bring Ricky in, tell us a little bit about where people, uh, your podcast. When does it air? Where can people listen to it? Where can people follow you on social media? I think you mentioned it already, but if you want to recap. Yeah, uh, social media, I got uh, I got Instagram, I got Facebook, and you can look up either Southern Punch or Jeff Winston. I ended up adding extra Facebooks and stuff like that because some of them were getting – so filled up with other stuff, but uh, could do that. As far as the the podcast, every Thursday for the next, I guess, three months, it'll, it should drop every Thursday. And uh, some, like I said, some will be about kayaking. This next one, I'm uh, it mainly going to be me talking about kayaking and fishing out of a kayak, you know. Uh, but I'll I'll have a few of the uh, pros coming in from Louisiana. Uh, some of the guys and. The elite uh, bass fishing, the elite. I got a couple of buddies that fish that, so I'm gonna bring them in and have them talk. And uh, shows usually 35 to an hour long, and we try to just cover as much as we can. That's awesome. Well, there you go. Give it a listen. You're gonna enjoy it. So let's bring in our star of the show, Mr. Ricky. Ricky, I gotta apologize for so. <laughs> how do you pronounce your last name? It's Julie J U B L G. That Just, I wouldn't have come close to that. Julie. <laughs> Julie. There you go. Ricky, congratulations. Ever in your wildest dreams, do you thought you were able to break 113 inch? I was hoping I could break a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so anything like that is just yes, way beyond my wildest dreams for sure. It is amazing, man. And for those that are just joining us now, um, and you missed the backstory here. Ricky just won the Texas Kayak Bass League at Houston County Lake with a total of 113 inches with a whopping 26-inch bass. The funny thing about this, Ricky, for me personally, is I went from the 26-inch board to the 32-inch board because, you know, I may do some um, saltwater fishing, you know, and, you know, obviously redfish, trout, are going to get to get bigger. But that's the only reason why I went to a bigger board. I were you worried at some point when you got this? Like this may be too big for my twenty-six inch board. I I really was, and when I you know I was trying to get that thing situated on the board and it um, and lay that tail, and I was just you know it's, it's like slow motion in your mind laying that tail down, and it's it just kept going further, and it's like oh my goodness, you know. If you looked at the tail, it was all eat up. He has a little bitty old short tail. If he had a decent tail, I don't know how big she would have been. Wow. Uh, but it was just like, I don't know. It was crazy. So uh, here on the screen, if you're watching on the live, that is 
a absolute border ball. I don't know how big your hands are, but they look really small. You have, <laughs> a, it looks like you have baby hands yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you can see his tail. It, how yeah. Up she it was. It it was nothing to peach really even. <laughs> but she was plenty strong. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's. That is oh, an amazing. My goodness. And like you said, if wonder, you would have been, go ahead, Jeff. I no, I'm just wondering if my board would uh, is 26 inches of, or 32 now. <laughs> you got me thinking about it. But go ahead. No, that that is amazing. I've wondered if you catch a bass that's let's say 27 inch, what would the score be? I'm assuming they just scored it as 26 inch on the turn. I would have to ask Chris Morales on that. But again, that's a butterball. What was the um, total weight on it i i ended up at it, when i waited it, it when i first looked at it it was almost 12 and on the scale i had a bogus scale and then when i went and took the picture of it it the after i got the picture and looked at it when i got home it showed that the tail was resting on the board and it was like 11 so i'm calling it 11 and a half but even though i know it was closer to 12 do you know that you actually broke the record at least for length for that lake? No, I didn't know that. I, I really didn't. I, I had no idea. That's crazy. I was searching, researching yesterday. The biggest bass caught there, I think, is 25 inches. You broke that by like an inch. Nice. So congratulations on that. Uh, I'm assuming you said on, on your previous tournament, you submitted a Sherlonker, right? I did a 24 and a quarter, and I, that was one of the fish that I caught during the last tournament. Uh, that was by far my biggest bass then. Uh, the day before that in practice, I had caught a, I think it was a 22 and a half, if I can remember. And that was my biggest bass. So I've been just like breaking my records every time I fish. Yeah, call me uh, when you break this one. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Ricky, how long have you been bass fishing? I started it, I think 2020, I started doing a little bit of fishing around the house in some ponds and stuff, you know. And then last year, I started this trail. That, it was Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League then. That was my first real year of trying to figure out bass. Last yeah. year was your first tournament. Uh, yes, sir. So I fished the whole trail last year. Um, and out of it, I, I tied for 11th or 10th place once, and then I got third at the Sabine and then that, that's how that went. And I was really excited about just having that kind of year. And so really well, new to this. Jeff, I've only bass fished for four years, so I can't hate on that, but I know you fish for a lot longer. How does it Man, make you feel? That's, that's, what, that's what's <laughs> rolling through my head right now. I mean, I, you know, it, it, in Louisiana, when you're born, you, you're born into hunting and fishing. I mean, you didn't have a choice, you know, and uh, yeah, I've only been kayak fishing to defend myself for about three years now, and uh, but I'm addicted to it. <laughs> I got, I'll leave my boat here and go run around in a, in a kayak. <laughs> I grew up in the country down in South Texas, and I did a lot of hunting and fishing, but we were 45 minutes from Rockport and right. not far from Baffin Bay. And so I grew up around some really good saltwater fishing, and that's what my daddy was, saltwater fisherman. So that's that's what I did. Well, tell me this. What's your biggest redfish? 
What's your longest redfish? I think it was 43 and a half is what it's about. To go from, you know, trying to get to learn bass fishing, right? And I've done it for like four years. To just find success that quickly kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, forgot his first name, Benini, not Benini, uh, Brian Nelly. Oh, yeah. Brian Nelly. You know, he went from saltwater fishing to winning the TLC. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I, you know, I don't get it. And I think in, in my defense, I think the more I learn about fishing, the more it screws me up because you start second guessing everything you're doing. You start, you know, instead of just going fishing, it's like the electronics. I, I'm not a big fan of it for me to use. I mean, I know it helps everybody, but I, I, I find myself with my Hummingbird 360 when I'm in my boat, I'm looking down instead of just fishing, you know, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, good moments in my career and stuff, but 26-inch bass, I mean, golly. That is amazing. 115. Imagine, imagine, let me see I, how the second place winner, by the way, shout out to Tyler Howell, which is a great angler, by the way, if, uh, right. if anybody doesn't uh, – uh, you're not familiar with Texas fishing. Tyler Howell is, in fact, a great angler as well. And let's take a look at his because you kind of feel bad for Tyler at this point. Because, I mean, and if if we can get uh, Ricky back here, oh, wow, he'll you know he'll I fill mean, us in on yeah. how it played out. But I mean, you got a twenty-two and a quarter, a twenty-one and a quarter, a twenty-one and eighteen, uh, and two eighteen and three quarters with a hundred and two inches. You're thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah I got this, this in the back. I got yeah. this. And yeah. imagine coming up to the award show and finding out you lost by 11 inches. All right, we got Ricky back. And hey, Ricky, can you see? Yes, sir. Ricky, so we were just talking about, you know, how Tyler Howe, which is, by the way, a great angler here in Texas. Uh, have you met our Tyler Howe in person? You know, I have not met him, but I've seen him – on the leaderboard many times. He, yes. I know he's, he's, he's a really good angler. Do you, have you talked to him? Do you, have you messaged him? Have you guys talked on social media or text about this? Cause I, I can't <laughs> imagine how he must be feeling. Cause have you, have you talked to him at all? No, sir. I sure haven't. I sure haven't. I kind of want to get his reaction. On how he <laughs> felt I'm sure he thought he was sitting pretty in first place. You know, Tell it, us, go ahead. The, since I couldn't submit anything until after I got back to the ramp uh, or back, you know, into the Crockett uh, family resort area, I no nobody knew that I had done anything. It was just, just me. And I, I had to cross that lake and I went up there and I, I pulled up in there and I ran into one of the guys I fished with Daryl Granger. And I was like, man, I, I caught it. Yeah. I think I caught about 110 inches. He said, you better get, get up there and submit it. And I took off running and, and took me a while to get because the service I just AT and T didn't work and so I was I stressed for probably uh, 20, 30 minutes and I could I was having a really hard time to get them submitted. Uh, and then they cut us off. You know the deadline was three thirty, but Mister Morales had said, "Oh well, we'll make sure you get them in because of the service." And it took a while. And it was crazy, but I got it finally. Now, Chris Morales, just his experience as a tournament director always pays out. And uh, he does a great job of making sure everybody has fun, but at the same time, 
you know, making sure everything's done responsibly. So shout out to Chris Morales. There's a reason why this trail and, and the North Texas Kayak Championship uh, up in uh, here in Fort Worth run by Duke Tran. They're the most successful trails. And a lot of it is just having that leadership of, you know, in Fort Worth, Duke Tran and over there, Central and South Texas, Chris Morales and Christopher Delgado, who helps out and everybody in the Alphabet crew. Tight uh, niche group, great group of guys that always seem to know how to party and have fun. Uh, yes, down in the south. So shout out to everybody at the Alphabet Crew. Let me talk a little bit before we break down, because I know talking to you, uh, me and Jeff, were, you know, you were breaking down when you caught him. And that was an epic story in itself. You know, with this, uh, you know, you running out of power on your battery and and lines out and fish submitting. That That's a great story. And we, we definitely want to touch on that. But tell us a little bit about how pre-fishing went, you know, what did you find in pre-fishing and did it at any point led you to believe that you were going to have, you know, a, a big day on tournament day? You know, it, it really didn't. It, I fished, the, I, one day I had gone, you know, a few weeks before the tournament, I went and fished the end toward the dam, which is where I always like to start on lakes. I, I worked that area out and just caught some decent fish, but I wasn't catching the bigs like everybody else that was pre-fishing. They kept, I kept seeing these 20s, 23s, 22s, these really nice fish being caught, and I, I wasn't finding them. I, I didn't break 20 inches in pre-fishing. Uh, the day before the tournament, we, we had kind of a blackout there for a while, and that Friday before the tournament, I went to that area where I was, and, and I caught some nice fish, and I had a gut feeling that there was some really good fish there. But I didn't catch him. In fact, the day of the tournament that morning, I was over there, and there was a little shad spawn going on, and the bulkheads there. They had, you know, I don't know if you ever seen them. They, those bass were running down the bulkheads, and yeah. the shad were just, you know, going up and up and up. And and I hooked some big ones in there, and I just didn't get lucky that morning and catch them. Uh, but you know, once that shad spawn, once the sun gets up, the shad went out deep somewhere. And I thought, well, there was this, in my mind, I was going to get wanted to go fish a point off of some islands that were deep. And I thought, well, maybe there's some fish there. I went, it's a couple of miles across the stumps. <laughs> it's really tough on that lake with those stumps. And I made it over there and I had a really, I, I found a couple of small bass there and it didn't work out. And I thought, well, I got to go somewhere. I, I still was trying to figure out where these big bass were. I went and went back and worked the shoreline a little bit for some flipping docks like a lot of people did and I didn't have, I, I just caught a couple more fish and they were like 16 17 inch bass and I thought it was getting pretty late it was probably one o'clock and I thought well if I'm gonna go back to that spot where I started at because I just felt like there was some good bass there somewhere and I knew that there was a little deep area pretty close to them and I thought that's where they might have gone and I trekked all the way across that lake again and went back over there, and it paid off. It, uh, really Boy, did it. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> you know, when I went back across, it was, you know, maybe a maybe a good mile in that lake, and it was stumps, and I was running at Jackson, and I don't know if you know how they are. When you hit a stump with their drive, pedal drive, it just kicks yeah. up. Yeah. So I was as fast as I could go, and I would hit those stumps, and it would kick up. I'd go out and pop it back down and keep going, and so that's how I what, were you so you weren't running a motor on your kayak 
I had I had XI three on the bow and I used it for spotlight. But when I was crossing through all that stuff, I have to yeah. go too slow, or you would just tear things to pieces. Yeah. So I would pull it up, and I was paddling all that weight across there. Uh, but it, it that was the only way I could get across anywhere fast. So do, would you say one of the things that, you know, especially something as a new angler, because, you know, like you mentioned, for, as far as kayak fishing and bass fishing, you're relatively new. You know, one of the things that it's trying as myself and Jeff, you can tell us a little bit about your side of this, you know, it's deciding when to run and gun, you know, try to hit as much spots as you can and when to just, you know, power pull or just anchor in and work a spot over. Do you feel like you have a, you know, it sounds like you're more of a running gun. Let me look for him. Not the type of guy that's going to, sit down and break down a spot unless you, you know, you know, you're in them. How would you describe yourself there as an angler? You know, last year I was the, I found them here. I'm going to sit on this history and catch them. You know, I, at our classic last year was a good example. I, the first day of our, our classic, I did the same thing. I found some bigs late in the day and they were in the afternoon. And it was a point that was heavily fished all day by bass boats. So, and I ended up, I think I was sitting in like eighth place. I don't remember the, the inches. And I thought, all right, the next day I'm going to get up. That's where I'm going to go. And I'm going to hold that spot if I could beat the boat. And I did. And I sat there too long, all day long, holding that history. You know, I thought, oh, they're going to be back. But I, they didn't come back. And so I decided this year, if they're not there, I'm going to move. <laughs> And so I've kind of changed my style, and it seems to be paying off for me this year a little bit better. That's awesome, Jeff. What about you? For me, is it's is I've been kind of sporadic with that. I fish some places where even my first time there, I kind of Google Earth there, kind of do scout and talk to a lot of people that might have fished there, kind of come up with a game plan, and then go out there and just take an area and just dissect that area, but. I found out lately when I'm doing more of a running and gunning and, and seeing an area and trying to pinpoint what I'm looking for, it seems like I've been being a little more successful. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly changing back to that. That's how I used to fish. You know, uh, moving that uh, a big 14-foot Hobie sometimes <laughs> kind of wears you down, though. So, but uh, that, that's, that's kind of the area, you know, what I'm, I'm going to do now. I fish plastic more than I fish anything anyway. So I do fish slower once I find where I'm going to go. But uh, I'm getting where I'm, I'm, it's nothing for me to go across the lake like you did just, just, just because, you know, you, you think something might be different or, mm -hmm. or the way the wind's blowing or, or just weather, trees, grass, whatever you're looking for. You know, you, for me, I figure out what I'm looking for, then I, but I might go around the whole lake, you know, looking for, yeah, it might be something like grass around a lay down and beat up that spot if that's how I feel like I'm going to catch them. It does me no good to keep going down a bank or something like that because in my mind, that's where they're at. And I know I'm going to fish that a lot harder than, than everything else. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. I think, uh, and I don't follow boat tournaments that much, but I think KVD, you know, um, Kevin Van Dam was one of those that pioneered that mentality that you see in pro sports now, which is advanced analytics. And his game plan is the more cast. It's a numbers game. Right. If you're doing more cast, then you're going to get more bass kind of thing. 
Um, I don't, I'm not experienced to, as experienced to weighing on that mentality. But I mean, obviously he found success at it. So Ricky, uh, Jeff just mentioned, you know, he says kind of like a soft plastic guy. What is, what is your go-to bait? What is your confidence? You consider yourself a power fisherman, a finesse fisherman. And what is, you know, what do you feel is your most comfortable? You know, your bait, your favorite bait to throw out. You know, I, these days I've gotten to where I kind of, in the mornings, I like to throw a lipless, you know, right there at daylight for a little bit. And shaky heads, I, I if I'm fishing deep, I, I really am comfortable with a shaky head and 20 foot of water. Depends on, you know, where I'm fishing. Uh, the, the, the bass that I caught, though, on that lake last Saturday was, a uh, one of the flashy swimmers by owner, yeah. So, you know, it has a little underspin, is what it is. And I had a kite white kite tech on it. And during the shad spawn, that I don't know what that little underspin does, but they I think it kind of looks like a little bit of a shad and they worked really good for me. I caught most of my fish that day on that. So, let's talk a little bit about how you eventually got. Like, let's go to the meat and potatoes of this, because this is where it gets really interesting. Before Lines Out, I mean, Tyler Howell, I like to, like, watch uh, and follow along. And I see Tyler Howell leading, you know, by five inches first place. I'm thinking in my mind, he's got it. I'm one of those guys that I look down <laughs> and people think, you know, if he has 102, and I can't remember who was in third place, had a 97 uh but I always look at who's the guy that has four fish and it's close to the top. Because the one that has four fish and all of a sudden gets his fish fish may go from the 20th to first place. Now, I was looking at it. I couldn't see your name. I, your name didn't stood out. So I didn't I wasn't you know, I was thinking, well, some the guy in second or third place might catch up if they upgrade. I saw who was in fourth who had who had the biggest four biggest four fish um, and was missing a fifth fish and that led me to believe, you know, if he has a 20 inch, then Tyler Howell might you know, have some competition. How many inches do you have, you feel you have before lines out? Were you, I'm assuming you caught your limit because you mentioned you caught like 12 fish. So, you know, before, li not lines out, I'm sorry, before the tournament went offline, how many fish did you, how many inches did you have roughly if you remember? I don't really know what it was. I before I moved over and caught those last four big fish, I think I was like at 85 inches, somewhere around there. Yeah. You know? 113. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> you upgraded, what, 30 inches? Like, oh, no, you updated 40, almost 40 inches in an hour? In, in an hour? That's, a, that's what it came down to. My first fish that I caught, when I, you know, it was the four Big fish is what won me the tournament. The first yeah. one was at right at 130. And then the 26-inch one came at 240. And that was your last one? That was the last one. So those four, the, the first one I wrote it down was 23 inches was the first one. At, uh, that was 130. At 214, I caught a 22 and a three-quarter. And then at 224, which is 10 minutes later, I caught a 23 and a half. And then 15 minutes after that, I caught the 26. That's how quick they came. Wow. And Were you, at what point did, 
<laughs> at what point did you figure you had it in the back? Like you didn't. You didn't after the second one, I thought I had it. After that, the second fish, I, I thought I was at least up there, you know. Uh, and then when the third one, when I caught that 23 and a half, which I was thinking, you know, that my biggest before this was 24 and a quarter. And so I, this was a good fish for me. And I was really excited about that one as well. And I really excited and could not believe I caught it that 26, 10 minutes later. It just was unbelievable. Did, did you how feel like you needed oxygen to catch your breath? I, it, I don't know how I was staying alive. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, me, I have a massive heart attack at that point. It was crazy. The the 26, you know, I when he came, he made two or three good runs that that was like, I just don't know how I survived not losing him during those. But at the one point, he came right up next to the boat. And I thought, all right, I'm going to get him now. And I got my dip net. You know, I was about to go in there. And that, she saw that that net. She sees, they see the yeah. net and they go crazy. I was in almost 13 foot of water. And she went straight down. There was no stopping her. Just until she stuck at the bottom. You know, it was just all I could do. I was holding it over the side. And my pole was there. And I was like trying to get the, the drag a little bit loose. Because I was thinking, this is something's going to get. Either the, the rod or the line, which was 15-pound fluoro, so I didn't have, like, a heavy line on it. And she finally got to bottom, and then after that, she gave me some relief, and I started gaining some ground on her and got her in. How long did it take you to boat her once you hooked it? it I, there's no way I could tell on time. I, it, it seemed like forever. <laughs> uh, it, was, wow. it was a long time, because she came up and made – a couple of good runs, and one of them was like, you know, they always want to go under your boat. She came up under the boat and came up on the back side of me, and yeah, it was, I was trying to turn my, my XI3 off, because I was like, oh, she's going to get in that prop, and she's going to get cut. You know how all that stuff going through your mind, where yeah. going to scenario people at. Uh, but somehow I survived it. What, when did you realize you had like a big bass, like a special bass. At you know, I, I it never really crossed my mind that I could get one that would fill the whole board. And when she did that, I thought, man, I, I can, don't know if I'll ever do this again. And the whole ride back across that lake, I was just thinking about all that, all that was getting in my head. <laughs> but yeah. When she surfaced and I was about to net her, that's when I really realized this was a monster as well. It's, I, like I said, I fished a lot of redfish, and she was pretty close to being too big of a redfish. You know, at 28 Texas, you got to throw them back. And she's yeah. at 28, and those big old redfish, but, you know, those those 28-inch uh, redfish down, a lot of them are 8 pounds, 9 pounds, you know. And for her to be that much bigger at that length, she had a lot it was crazy. What? So they weren't like really spawning or anything like that. Just caught them off off a point. Yes, sir. Well, it was a drop off there by the, some uh, bulkheads that I know they had been feeding the the shad spawn in the morning. It, so I don't think she was coming off of the bed or any of them were. Uh, At what depth did, did were they biting? The it was there was drop offs on both sides. It kind of went like this, and up on the top it was maybe three three and a half, four foot, and then at the bottom was close to 13. Um, the 
I don't I couldn't see any of the big bass down in there. But every now and then I would see one. I was constantly with my my live scope, kept looking around, see if I could find anything. And I'd see a little blip up on the side, and I would throw over it as far as I could and swim it back to them. And uh, that's usually when they hit it. They must have all been feeding because every time I did that, I caught them. Nice. It's it's incredible to find like a wolf pack, Jeff. Like you, you when we find when we think about you know wolf pack bass, generally like I had something similar. Well, not even close to that. Let me rephrase. But in the sense that of you know, finding wolf pack bass, you know, you see busting shad on top water. You figure, okay, a lot of movement. There might be a you know wolf pack here. Let me throw in there. Usually they'll be in the you know somewhere in between the 12, 16, maybe a. 19 to 20 incher i've have you ever jeff have you ever seen a wolf pack that's gonna have 20 23s 26 i have bass? Found, I, I here in louisiana i found a few few places where you know there was some you know 17s you know a, a group of 17s maybe yeah. might have had one bigger than that but typically whenever i'm, I, I'm around something like that it, you know, it ranges from 12 inch to, to 15 yeah. inch fish. Very seldom do, do I hook up with something over 15 in those circumstances. You know, that, that's where you just looking to get your five fish on the board, you know, and then move on is, you know, what I'd be thinking. I, I would never would imagine that, you know, 20, more or less 26. You know, that's just, that's just right timing. But I mean, I imagine they're there. You know, it's, it's, it's the opportunity to find them. Yeah, but uh, I haven't been that lucky. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, well, and, and in Ricky's case, with all due respect, it wasn't like more luck than anything. Like you said, you scouted out the place, right. you saw it, you heard in the morning. So you you knew what you were doing. Like it, this is not, oh, I stumbled upon fish and I got lucky. You you really worked on analyzing, um, thought it through, made moves that, you know, you've otherwise a lot of anglers would have said, Man, if I have to trek one mile over all those stumps, and I, that's going to be, you know, 30, 40 minutes of me not casting just to get from one spot to another. But you made that commitment. You made that commitment because you saw something. So it, it, it's a hard-earned, you know, well-thought-out plan that just happened to work out better than you expected. <laughs> you Is that a safe – Yeah. It, Is that a safe say, way to yeah, go ahead. Yeah, when I say lucky, you know, you, you put yourself in an opportunity where you yeah. your luck was because of the work and 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 the commitment you made. You know, it's making good decisions, you know. It could have been the difference of the bait you use. You could have thrown yeah. something different and may not have ever caught those fish, but you yeah. made all the right decisions at the right time and lady luck got you the bites. I agree with that one hundred percent. Luck is always going to play a factor. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I can't remember who said it. I had somebody on the podcast and said it perfectly. You have to, in order to win, you have to be in a position where luck plays a factor. Like nobody's going to catch five, the five biggest fish in a tournament by luck. You know, they might by luck catch the biggest bass, um, that wins them the tournament, but they, they're not going to be all 20 inches just by luck. Right. There's, you have to put yourself in a position where 
luck can play a factor in your favor, right? And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's one of those things where you 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 cross your T. I mean, yeah, you cross your T's, you dot your eyes, and you have a game plan, and then you just hope it pays out. You're not just going out there and winging it and not knowing what to throw, where to throw it, or just throwing aimlessly. But it is like like Jeff, you mentioned it, it. There is a luck factor involved, but there's it's that combination. It, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely a combination. Com- yeah. like, look, I'm, I can't talk. <laughs> six inches, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's not like when, when I say luck, it, it's not like you know, I, I got in the boat, I went in this canal, and I caught you know 113 inches fish. You know, and I was just throwing this and doing this. No, it it, it comes with playing it. The luck is yeah. the luck is not losing the fish. Luck is is making that perfect cast, and it actually made the perfect cast, and it did everything it was supposed to do. The fish was where it was supposed to be. You hooked up, you got it in the boat, and like you said, when it when it went straight down, I can imagine what your brain was doing at that point. Me, I've been freaking out. Be like, here we go, here we go, you know, because. Uh, my last big tournament, I lost two fish really early, and it pretty much cost me a lot of inches as the day went on. You know, and uh, the opportunity was there. I didn't, you know, didn't get them in the boat. So 26 inches going straight down. Tell me how you were feeling. Yeah, I it was I, – I just thought it was going to break. I really did. I thought the line was – there was no way. Uh, when I say it, it, when it was going, you know, I, the rod, I, I pushed it as far out away as I could because it, I couldn't stop it from wanting to go and touch the edge of the kayak. And I just felt like if it made that contact, I would lose that give in my arms, which was, you know, help give some strength to my rod and my, my uh, string, my fluorocarbon. And so I was just the whole time, I was just trying to give it as much play as I could to, you know, give some relief to my line. Uh, it, it was crazy. It's, it's crazy, yeah. I was supposed to say, it's crazy how quickly your mind goes when you hook something a fish, and I've never hooked anything like that big. Biggest bass for me was twenty-two and a quarter, and three quarters, I think. Um, but your mind is always like, worst case scenario is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're always surprised when you land it. You're always like, I can't believe <laughs> I landed it. You know, yeah, it's, because it's it's kind of like it's kind of like. Uh, your mind is protecting yourself from the heartache by thinking, you know, it's prob- quite possibly you're going to lose it. Let's not get our hopes up here. <laughs> but you finally end up catching it. I mean, when did it sink in? Like, I think you mentioned when it hit the board, that's when you're like, okay, this is this is mm-hmm. something special. Yeah. How were you feeling afterwards? There was just, there was a lot of shock. I was like, just, couldn't believe it at that point. And I was, there was a lot of stress into it because I haven't submitted one fish all day long, not a one of them. And so I was in my mind, it's like, well, I got to protect my phone. If it falls, up, falls over the water, it's over with. I have it on a leash, but still I'm thinking, if anything happens, this is over. All this is over with. And I was like crazy stressed over that. And so I couldn't really let myself realize how big that 26 inch was because I was just trying to get to where I could submit my fish. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, uh, the last term in Canada, I had the same problem, get my fish submitted. You know, I had to go find service. And even though I knew I wasn't in the lead, I was stressing over that. So I can only imagine 
Yeah. You know, that, that, that ride back that your legs, your legs are shaking because you're trying to get back and fast as you can. It helped that I was paddling or pedaling back just to relieve some of that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Kind of get that. Adrenaline. Yeah. Like you mentioned, get that adrenaline out of it. Talk, talk us a little bit about that last hour. Cause you mentioned while we're in the pre-recording, we we're talking you were, you were at like 5% battery or something like that. You, you had no signal. This was one of those things where it's like, if, if you can never get this fish submitted, if you would have ran out of battery, this story wouldn't be worth telling because it would completely destroy your credibility because nobody <laughs> would have believed you. So this is like, this is not like one of those stories of like, you can tell this. And second of all, nobody cares about, uh, you know, about the yeah. fish loss that, that cost you the tournament. Everybody wants to know, you know, I've, I've had a, I, I sometimes, I, somebody had posted this the other day that if they would have caught, if they wouldn't have lost the last two fish, they would have won the national championship. And I was like, nobody cares. Like, don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. you didn't, don't take it away from the winner. The winner won. He caught him. He did what he had to do, whether you really lost him or not. At the end of the day, you know, part of your angling skills is not just getting a bite, but hanging on to that bite. So I don't, I've never been a fan of somebody saying, oh, you know, I would have won it if I would have lost, if I hadn't lost this two big fish. I, I have I mixed feelings about that, but to each his own, I'm not saying anybody's saying it with any malice or anything like that. But for you, what was the stress level? Because tell us a little bit about what was going on with your phone, your battery, and you know, the deadline to submit and how are you managing all this in your brain? Yeah. Uh, so I have it um, right behind my seat. I carry my, my 12 volt 100 amp hour battery with a USB port on it. Mm. And I carry a backup cable to charge. Well, when I started going to that area, I knew I had like 38% and that was probably 12 o'clock. And I, and I, so I got my cable while I was crossing and I plugged it in and I thought, oh, I'm going to put my phone and get this thing charged up. Well, unbeknownst to me that the cable had gone bad and I couldn't get it to charge. And so all I could think of is I got to turn this phone off. And so I turned the phone off, uh, turned it back. When I got over there and I caught my first fist, I turned it back on and caught it, turned it back off. You know, as you take your pictures, you try to get your stuff, but then I was turning it off and on for each one of those fish, which is really, to me, was stressing me out as well. And by the time the end of the day, I had 8% left, which wow. was like crazy to me. And so even when I made it back to over there, the boat ramp and went up in there, I had not only did I have a low battery, I had to get onto their Wi-Fi. And I also needed to get plugged in to keep my phone alive. Uh, so that was like crazy stress. All right. Well. So everybody listening, bring extra batteries for your phone. <laughs> uh you can grab you one of these little uh, juice juice boxes and keep all your stuff charged. <laughs> no problem. You see your cables are good? <laughs> I actually shout out to um, Quadlog. They're, they're, they're pricey. But uh, because of my social media growth, which is not huge, I have like, I don't know, 3,000 followers. But um, Quadlog actually reached out to me and they gave me one of the, they told me, pick anything from our catalog, just post about it, you get it for free. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and I get to keep, keep my phone charged wirelessly with the same battery that I'm running my fish finder all the time on the tournament, which is great. So if, if you know, 
And I'm not sponsored by them. I did get those items for free. Honestly, they're a little pricey. But if you fish tournament, go to Quadlock. Um, you can follow them on Instagram, Quadlock Marine or Quadlock.com. I think it's a company from Australia. The the quality of their product is amazing. Again, not not trying to do a shameless plug here, but those I, I love. And the cool thing about it is you don't have to plug in. And they're watertight. Like the cable goes, I've had times where the water gets into the hole and the connections are watertight and they I've never had a problem with them. So go check them out, quad lock. And again, I mentioned it just because we're talking about it. One thing, and Ricky, I think this is, I mean, useless advice now because, I mean, you got it done. But I've heard, and I don't know how true it is, turning on and off your phone is actually worse because it takes battery. It's like, it's like stop and go traffic. So if you're running out of gas and you stop your car to light, it's not running, but it takes more energy, more gas when you start hitting that pedal too. So I, from what I heard, even though it's not gas powered, but turning on and off, what it does, it, you know, while it turns on all the apps and all the things like that, it takes up more of your battery life. What wow. I heard. So I might have so, been hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, might have, so I advice. trying to right. find the signal the whole time. Yeah, because my battery is going way quicker than it should have. It was like, it felt like it was in that search mode. It was like SOS at the top, you know, and it was like that constant trying to connect, I felt like was draining my battery. Yeah. So I a little bit of advice for anybody that's listening. Um, if this ever happens to you, if you don't have signal, just turn off the, just put it in airplane mode. Just turn off the connections because you're not going to have signal. So it doesn't matter. You know, you, you're going to have to upload them when you get back to your, you know, to the boat dock and lower the, the, the biggest thing I think is lowering the, um, the backlight. That's what, you know, eats up the more juice because it's a whole light. So, you know, turn off all Wi-Fi, turn off all, close all the apps, obviously, except for 10EX or Fishing Chaos or whatever. Uh, your tournament use that's the only app you have open and just turn off the connections because if you don't have any signal there's no point in having it because like you said it when it searches for a signal it drains more battery and lower the backlight as much as you can obviously a little little bit just to see what you're doing but i mean advice you know useless uh, like useless really advice for you now ricky but <laughs> hey it's probably going to happen again so i will yeah. use that advice i'm sure yeah but uh Ricky, again, congratulations. What uh, what was the you know the overall reaction to? Were you at the word ceremony? I'm assuming. Oh yes, sir. I, I stayed but... with the biggest group of us with the you know with Texas Kayak Bass League was staying there at that resort, and so there was 117 anglers, and I I wouldn't doubt 75 of them was at the rewards, and we were all camping there. Uh, everybody was super, super excited about it. Congratulating me! Uh, it was, it was a really fun afternoon. And then we also stayed the night. And there was a whole lot of uh, of the group that stayed and helped celebrate Saturday night. So it was a lot of fun. How was the celebration? Was did it get uh, you crazy? Can you talk about it on live crazy. show? <laughs> there, yeah, there was with, there was no alcohol left in camp. I <laughs> <laughs> so we can all be fresh to alcohol next tournament coming up there canyon lake <laughs> and according to what it going back to what we're talking in the beginning this is is it your third tournament in a row that you break your pb 
Well, the last one at Lady Bird during the practice day, I broke it then, and, and which was a, a 22 and a half or three quarters. I, it's, it's horrible. I don't remember. And then on tournament day, I, I caught a 24 and a quarter, which didn't win big bass, uh, which is crazy. Uh, somebody else caught one at 24 and a quarter that day as well, but he caught his early in the morning and I caught mine in the evening and they, and they went by what time of the day. Yeah. And so that was my previous. So I've just been getting better and better as far as catching the bigger bass, it seems like. What do you uh, think has contributed to that? Sir? What do you think has contributed to that? Live scope or knowledge? No, or I've had the live I've had it. I think in, in my mindset, I'm looking for the bigger bass. I'm not looking for the limits. You know, I'm trying to go. That, that's what I'm focusing on is trying to find bigger bass. And instead of trying to catch a limit and then look for bigger bass, I'm, this year I'm, my focus is to find the bigger bass. And if I catch a limit, I catch a limit. Well, you certainly, you certainly did both on this tournament. Congratulations, Ricky. Thank yeah, you very so much. Congratulations. That, that's, a, that's an amazing bag. That, that, the whole, the whole thing is just awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. the, only, the only thing I feel bad for you, Ricky, is uh, you probably peaked at your second year of kayak. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You, picked, you <laughs> might as well just go back to red fishing. That's right. My brother's been trying for me to go down to Port O'Connor and go red fishing with him. I just parked that kayak and go with him for a while. Yeah, might as well because it's like, well, I mean, there's nothing left for you to accomplish now. Have you fished any national trails? And does this kind of give you more confidence to fish a national trail? I have Sam Rayburn has coming up soon. Yeah. Sir, um, and, and man, if I could have done that at Rayburn, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> no, I'm excited about fishing the Hobie BOS up there. Uh, I didn't, this, uh, that will be the first national trail. For that you haven't. So this, you're going to go to Rat Sam Rayburn for that. Yes. Sir. Nice. Uh, I think this might be a little bit too far for you, but the Bassmaster at Possum Kingdom, any chance you'll do that one? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, okay. uh, what month's that in? I think July. I think it's in Yeah, that, that's right. That's why I did, we did the West side, uh, Veterans tournament. I think that's what it was because there was some reason why I didn't think I could make that one. But uh, I'll be at the other one. Yeah, Sam Raven oh. should be fun. Oh, um, Ricky, time. I gotta, I gotta say, and this may be unfair comparison. Uh, come, oh, can't speak English. Comparisons. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, you, what you did is kind of reminiscent of. What and I don't know if you know him or heard of him, but Guillermo Gonzalez, which is yes. arguably the best kayak angler here in Texas. Arguably, mm -hmm. there's other names that uh, that we can throw in that conversation, of course, but he's definitely one of those names. Yeah, he did something similar uh, on Eagle Mountain Lake for the KBF Trail uh, for um, about two years ago, where that was even that well that bag wasn't. E as epic as yours, but we did had Jody Quinn with 109 inches with 17 minutes to go. And 109 inches, I mean, you have 109 inches. It's 17 because they didn't turn lines out for that tournament. For some reason, Chad Hoover, or whoever was, forgot to turn the line, or maybe they didn't want to turn the, not lines out, I keep saying that, offline. They never turned the tournament offline. 
So Jody Quinn is leading with 17 minutes to go or something like that, 27, 17. I think it's 27 minutes to go. He has 109 inches, and Guillermo Gonzalez caught, catches like a 24-incher and gets 110 inches, which to me, that's one of the most epic clutch things I've ever seen. Just because, in this case, Tower Tyler Howell is, you know, 102, which could win you most tournament, but it's not a, a given here in Texas. But 109, it's given anywhere until somebody puts 110. What you did is really reminiscent of that, where you just – you know, found him, came in clutch, and just annihilate him with, you know, 20 minutes to go. What do you, you know, you're pretty new to the sport, but, you know, you know yourself as an angler. You know how good you are, even though you haven't had a chance to prove yourself on tournaments. You know, and being honest and not trying to be humble, how do you rank yourself as a kayak bass angler now you know, in the second year of doing this? I would still put myself in the middle of the pack, honestly. I This year has been epic for me. I'm seeing myself grow really a lot this year as far as my skill level. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get better. Uh, I'm Scary. starting to figure out the patterns, you know. it's There's a lot of patterns to learn as far as bass fishing. Uh, I do a lot of research, study, I go in and say, all right, what lures do I fish for bass ponds? I just don't know. I'm having to research it. And so I'm learning this and I'm trying to figure that out. And so I got a long ways to go. Uh, there's no way I would be in any consistency with people like Guillermo and, and uh, people like that. So I got a ways to go. I know that. Well, he's definitely on the right track. You're definitely doing your homework. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're definitely doing your it, homework. Yeah, definitely. for you to, like, be on the last – the last year, I think you mentioned, like – I mean, the year we were in March, and I think you broke your PB three times now. Yes. Sir. I mean, that, that, that doesn't happen by accident or by luck. Mm -hmm. That's – you're working on something. You're dialed in, and you're figuring it out. And like you mentioned, maybe the fact that you're moving more instead of just breaking down – um, a, a small body of water is is playing a big part, but I mean, there's stepping stones that's going to get you to obviously become better. You may never have the 113 inches and a 26 inch bass, but it's that consistency I think that separates the you know Russ Snyder's, Guillermo Gonzalez, Drew Gregory's. Um, it's just that they're always there. Christine Fisher, you know, they're always constantly there in the money. That's you know. And you definitely seems like you're heading that, in that direction. So congratulations, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. it definitely so. I mean, if you're doing your three best in, in the last few months, you know, you, you're definitely figuring out something for the big bass. And that's probably the hardest thing to do. Go and catch fish when you fish as much as I do. You know, I could go catch fish, but to catch the right fish and that – that takes uh, commitment and understanding and noticing every little detail you can. Yeah, I have found you're right there. You, you've got to pay attention to the little details the whole day. You, you just can't lose focus. And right. I'm trying to, to learn that. Right. How much time do you spend out of water, you know, in your daily life thinking about bass fishing? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll probably get in 40 hours a week. <laughs> That's what you say. The easier question is how many hours you don't. I think it's because you're sleeping, but you yeah. might be dreaming about it anyway. It's it's like researching, you know, it's from one to the next. It's like I've probably already put 30 hours of trying to figure out this next lake. And I just started on it, you know. It's just so I put a ton of time into the research to try to get somewhere with it. When is uh, your next tournament, by the way? It is coming up, uh, Canyon Lake, April 22nd. Oh, Canyon Lake, that's right. That's going to be a great tournament. We I've never the faced very that best. lake either. I've floated the Guadalupe right below it many times, but never fished it. Well, and, and the thing is, you live at a great area for bass fishing. I mean, I coming from a North Texas, Texan, I mean, I, you know, I envy what you guys Fisheries. And we got some great fishers over here, you know, Possum Kingdom. We got Oichavi relatively close. We got, I mean, Lake Fork is more east than south, I would say. But still, you know, you guys have some amazing fisheries down there and so much, di you know, diversity in the types of lakes that uh, it's really fun fishing down there in central and southeast Texas. So congratulations again, Ricky. It's, Thank you, guys. It's job, an amazing man. accomplishment, man. I appreciate it. I, I know you. Go ahead. It'll be a long time before I uh, get get this off my mind. I, you know, you just keep replaying it over in your head. It's it's crazy. Did you did you have any GoPros or anything like that? And this makes me no, think I about getting some GoPros. Nothing, nothing. I, if I if I didn't be able to land them, I would have never been able to prove it and tell the story either. <laughs> True, <laughs> it was just one of those perfect days, I suppose. Absolutely, well, again, amazing job. Uh, Ricky, before we let you go, we've had you for an hour, and, I, and you know, again, thank you for your time, um, and uh, you know, and coming onto the show and talking about it. And again, can't say enough. Congratulations, what you did. We wish you the best. I want to give you a couple of, you know, few minutes. If you, I don't, I know you don't have a big social media following. I don't know if you have companies that kind of help you out, <laughs> uh, friends, family that you want to thank. You know, it's my wife, Crystal, and my son, John, of course. They they, they, they support me and keep me going. Uh, some of my fishing buddies, Joe Booth, Chris Jackson, Daryl Granger, they all, we're all working, you know, trying to figure some of these legs out ahead of time and just sharing the camaraderie of all of Texas Kayak Fast League. I appreciate all, all those guys. Yeah, you were really with a good group of guys down there and girls, too. I know that's a few of the ladies out there, great anglers, by the way, um, Wesley Gray and some other ones out there. So great representation for the ladies, too, over there in the, in, yes, in, the South, in the Texas Kayak Bass League. So congratulations to everybody taking part in that tournament and good luck on their next one. Ricky, I'll let you go. And again, thank you, Jeff. You want to stick around and we'll wrap up the show. All right. And uh, thanks, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good night. We're looking for you. All right, yeah. I'll we'll see you at Sam Ray and we'll probably follow along where you wherever yeah, you're going. We'll do that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> All right, good night. And what a great story. That is great. And and hats off to him, you know, uh great guy. He, yeah. he just listen to him talk humble, you know, and uh he, he's he's doing something. I mean, it's you know, I fish a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I fish a lot in uh um, he, he's he's taking lakes and he, he's dissecting the lake before he even goes there is a great start, you know. But uh, sometimes that's what you got to do. You just got to pick out a lake and start just beating up every corner, find out every creek, and 
and just figure it out before you even get to have an idea where to start. And that's a big part of kayak fishing is where you start. Yeah. And what I like about what he said is, you know, that constantly trying to get better. Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, he, he just broke his PB, you know, three times this year. And there weren't like small PBs, like 20, 22 inches, you know, that, you know, I get it for Texas, you know, 20, 22 inches is not the biggest, you know, it's big, you know, won't be the same as catching it on, on Colorado and some other state, but still it's, it right. is a big fish. It's something to be proud of, but it's That's just right. that constant work that you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get better at catching big fish and not just, you know, speaking into existence, but you know, put it in practice. I don't, my mom would always tell me, you know, when, when you pray to God for help, you have to act, <laughs> you know, right. you, you, you can't just pray him to get you out of debt and financial debt and then go out there and spend a bunch of money on juice. No, you, know, you, you can't you do know. that. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you don't, you don't, you don't pray to get a money to rain down from heaven. You pray to, you know, get the, the opportunity the opportunity and the wisdom to how to spend your money. And I just using that as an example. But yeah, you're, but you're absolutely, I mean, nail on the head. So it's, it's great to see how, you know, that aspect of Ricky just, you know, this is what I want and I'm going to put it in practice and it takes commitment off the water, man. It's not just going out there on the water. You know, even if you're fun fishing, it's like that time to, okay, let me look at what I want to do. And start observating, uh, you know, make observations. And each person has, you know, goes into fishing for different reasons. Right. I don't, it's not for me to question what your reason is. Some people like to go to the same lake because that's no way they want to, that's where they know they catch them and that's where they're going to have fun. And that's great that there's no shame in that. If, if that's what you want to do, if you only have like maybe a weekend out of the, a day out of the month or you can go fishing, hey, go to wherever you know you're going to catch them and have fun. Then there's people like Ricky, like he wants to get better at it. So he's joining tournaments. He's talking to people. He's doing his research, you know, and he's going to bodies of water where he hasn't fished before. And that's how you become a better angler. No shame what everybody else is doing. It's just what you put in is what you're going to get out. If you're going to go out there and just throw the same jackhammer, chatterbait all the time, then that's as far as you're going to grow. Right. Uh, Agree 100%. I mean, there's uh, 25 minutes from my house. I got a little uh, place I go. I hook my boat up in the afternoons, go out there for a couple hours. I go there because it's close and I know where I can go out there and catch fish. But when I do go, I'll, I'll grab three or four rods with something different on it. And that's when I work on fishing with uh, a different swim bait or, or underspin or something just to practice moving it or something like that. So when I, you do go to other lakes, you realize that you can't fish every lake the same way. You can't. There's no way. You, you, you have to learn to adjust to where you're at and, and, and what the conditions are there. So... Yeah, it, it, you definitely get better the more you try. Definitely. And if so. you want to, if you want to get better, it's going to. I try to put that in practice. Um, and again, I haven't found the success as Ricky has found. I found some of it, uh, but I go. To, I don't always go to the lake I'm going to catch. Now, granted, if there's been a like a, a two or three weeks I haven't gone fishing, 
then I'll probably go to the, my honey hole and fish it. But for the most part, I'm like, what lake have I not tried? And what lake am I struggling to catch fish? And that's where I'm going. Because yeah. that's the only way I'm going to get better. If I'm, you know, yeah. going northeast Texas uh, and just throwing, you know, throwing on grass. Because that's the only grass pasture there is. And that's where they always are. Again, <laughs> you're only going to go as grow as far as you allow yourself to grow. Yeah. So it's, it's always it, my advice to anybody is just challenge yourself. Go to places, you know, every now and then go, go to your confidence place to kind of remember how it is to hook in a big bass. But, you know, don't get too comfortable with it. You know, try to get out of your comfort zone um, and just try to improve on something and figure it out. Go to where you have to think how to catch them versus just, you know, throwing what you always throw. Yeah. The, the, even though I haven't had a lot of success in the, uh, in the, the pro series and kayak, I say a lot of success. I've done okay. But I found I get better each day that I'm there. And that's my yeah. main goal right now is to, to be able to learn and each time get better because you're figuring things out. So next time I go to Lake Fork, I'll fish that one better. Next time I go to Cato, I'll fish that one better. You know, and, but that's how you learn. You know, and, but that should be your goal if you go to a new place. Is you just want to be better when you leave than you were when you got there. Yeah, and the, and the learning curve is going to be different. Obviously, Ricky's learning curve was really <laughs> short and sharp, and you know, and and he he's managing to to you know put a smackdown early in his kayak bass fishing career, so to speak. Well, and for some of us, it might take a little bit longer, but it's it's worth oh, yeah. the effort. Uh, you know, that, when I went from a boat to a kayak, you know, and I first went out there, I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be easy. You know, I'm, I'm these guys fish a few times a year in a kayak. I live in a boat on the water. My first tournament, zero. Second tournament, zero. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know. And it, it took a lot of a lot of changing of my styles of fishing, and and it's actually made me a better fisherman. And I got more respect for the guys fish out of kayak than I do a boat any day of the week. After fishing so many tournaments now, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, our kayak lake almost two hundred inches. You know. I know guys that that fish professionally go out there and they don't catch ten fish like that. You know, it's 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 just been an amazing thing. It makes you cast better. You learn how to uh, hook up a lot lot better. You know, you don't standing on a boat. You can set a hook. You know, punch is my favorite thing to do when I'm in a boat. That's a heavy ounce weight, big thick grass or in a, something. So when I when I set a hook, I'm like trying to rip the head off. You know, you, you can't necessarily do that in a kayak. You flip off the other side. So, yeah, it's been a real a real learning experience for me, but I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, yeah. It, it challenged you physically in ways that bass fishing, bass boat fishing. And nothing wrong with bass boat fishing. It's no, just no, not at all. Different dynamic, you know. It's just the yeah. nature of the beast. Well, Jeff, again, going to give you a uh, couple of seconds here to, again, shout out. Where can people follow you and where can people listen to your podcast? Uh, before uh, you go? I'm, I'm oh, more... and uh, sponsors, too. Okay, I'm, I'm across all social media. Uh, as far as, uh, like, Instagram, I mean, uh, Apple, Apple, let's see, uh, YouTube. I can't even think of them. All the ones you're on and then some. I've been <laughs> – I've, I've, they told me something the other day, some name I've never heard of, and I was on that one too. Now I, I had people follow me from Kentucky, so I have no idea how that even came about. But, uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I have no idea, but uh, – uh, as far as sponsors, you know, Southern Punch is my biggest sponsor to myself. Uh, Cajun Outboard Motors, they they help me get my show going. 
but you know, the, the big things that I, I support is the Fishers of Men organization, the uh, Wounded Warriors. You know, that, that's where I give my time back. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to add more kayak stuff. I need to find more kayak people around me. Uh, you know, because this is, like I said, I just got into this the last couple of years. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that one day I can make every pro tournament and just fish. That's all I want to do is fish. So, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Man, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on the show, bud. Jeff, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. And, again, big uh, – uh, props to you for what you're doing, especially for the Wounded, Wounded Warriors uh, program. That's, I think that's a big, big, big thing. And, uh, and you know, it helps out people that I've, I mean, I've lost a lot in their life, yeah. you yeah. know, trying, Absolutely. you know, but, serving. Uh, so big props to you for that. Uh, for those out there listening, we thank you. If you, again, if you listen, if you're going to listen to our episode on our uh, podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, do give us your five-star reviews. It does really help out with the growth of the podcast. And remember, you can follow me on same thing, Bass Kayak and Beers at TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And uh, again, if you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you have a couple of beers while you're out there, please drink responsibly. Make sure you make it back home to your loved ones. This has been The Real Life on the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. Have a good night, everyone. Peace. Good night, y'all.